No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Not satisfied with simply winning hockey games, the Winnipeg Jets set out and are now bent on dominating hockey games. That's what you saw tonight, folks. It was utter domination by an elite hockey team against one of the lesser rands in the NHL. And the Jets just absolutely said no chance whatsoever for you, Columbus. This is Winnipeg Jets time. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba, for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. We say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets' 5 nothing victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. They keep the good times rolling with their seventh straight victory 11 0 and 2 in their last 13 15 1 and 2 in their last 18 and oh yeah number one atop the nhl standings and also so- drew 10 1 and 2 since illegal curve broadcasted live from farmery brewery at two Donald street. Let's not forget about that streak. No, that's of course the, that's the key. That was the key catalyst. As I sit here, I did uh, crack open one of these delicious illegal curve, uh, beer courtesy of our friends at farmery brewing, uh, that uh, I'm going to enjoy that while discussing tonight's game here on the illegal curve post game show with Dave, with as with so many of you joining us in the live chat. And those of you just watching the show as well, we say nice to see everybody on this Tuesday night. You know, guys, I, it, it was a bit of a slow start to this game. Two teams that aren't accustomed to playing against one another. But at it's just got to be frustrating to play against these Winnipeg Jets. Because even when you have possession of the puck, the Jets are so stingy when it comes to the dirty areas of the ice, especially defensively, that Columbus just looked, you know, in that first period, I thought they had you know, uh, the puck for a decent amount of time, but they just aren't big enough, strong enough, developed enough in their NHL careers because they have a lot of young talent, but they just couldn't penetrate the Winnipeg Jets fortress that is exists in the middle of the ice. Fort and Knox. then it was only a matter of time until the Jets would take over this game as they did ultimately in the 5 nothing victory. Yeah, and, you know, I tweeted this out like, the Jets went a good, like, I don't know, it felt like it was almost 10 minutes of gameplay without a shot on net. I think the shots were like 8-5 to five for Columbus uh, in the in the first period. And there was that chance by Cole Sillinger that went off, I think, the post and crossbar, right, Dave? That's yeah. what you said. You Hellebuck, building. Hellebuck, made, Hellebuck made the save, then the crossbar, then the post. Yeah, but, like, you know, you can count the amount of high-danger chances that Columbus had uh, in this game probably on, on one hand. I think it was, like, six, uh, I guess... That wouldn't be on one hand. That would be on two hands, boys. But I think the Blue Jackets had six high danger chances. And I think what was telling boys was when the Blue Jackets finally got a power play, because there obviously, you know, weren't a lot of power plays in this game, especially early in the game. And I'm I'm sure we're going to get to the the Neil Pionk clipping penalty, which I think, you know, most Jets fans would agree was uh, 
I don't know, a, a makeup call or a game management call? Because to me, that was just a good good hip check. But the point I was trying to make was... You don't see very many clipping calls. You know, no. Clipping yeah. is, is, is a football term. You, you know, And even, even in football, you don't see that many clipping penalties. But here, you got a clipping penalty in, in, a, in a hockey game tonight. So that Andrew, was totally I, I was a Kelvin clipper, so I should know, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're right. I mean, you don't see a lot of clipping penalties in hockey. Just like you don't see a lot of illegal curve penalties in hockey. <laughs> That's a, a nice little shameless plug for us, boys. But uh, yeah, I mean, the first period was not a, a dominant period. I, I, I mean, I don't think you would say Columbus was necessarily better than the Jets in, in the first period. But I mean, they got the early goal by Brendan the Sniper Dylan, which we're going to talk about in the Betway game recap. Um, but I mean, from the second period on, it was just all Jets. And I agree with you 100%, Drew. Like, I was mentioning that that first power play. Like, the Blue Jackets couldn't... It was... Um, it was Pionk that I think actually got the first penalty. Yeah. He got tripping this, penalty. Was, tripping was, penalty. Pionk yeah, was so in the box for tripping. The Blue Jackets didn't in. get a shot on net. I don't think, no, or they, they maybe had they, one shot on net. They couldn't even establish, no. like, uh, uh, they couldn't even get into the zone, Dave. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was. I, I mean, the, the Jets just continued to play excellent defensively and offensively. And uh, I mean, you know, for all the talk of this possibly being a trap game, I mean, well, I, it's not a trap game because the Jets took care of business. Uh, and made sure that the Blue Jackets didn't come back in this game. But you're you're, you're right. I'm glad you brought that comment up, uh, Ezzy, because you know in years past the narrative, of course, would have been, and the narrative is a lot for a lot of teams, not only a Jets thing, but the narrative mm-hmm. would have been, oh, that first game back at home uh, after a long successful road trip, that can be a very difficult game. That can be a tricky game. That can yeah. be a game where maybe you're a little flat or you're a little uh, out of sorts. I mean. You know, the first period for the Jets wasn't perfect, I wouldn't say. But at the same time, they still had the requisite attention to detail so that while they may have been, uh, you know, maybe a a half a step behind on the offensive side of the game in that first period, Dave, they were so buttoned up defensively that, Mm -hmm. you know, they were fine sort of getting into the flow of the game. Uh, And there was a comment. uh, I want to give credit to Kevin Sawyer. I, I wrote down the comment. I think he said it in the second period. He said, you know, what what good teams do, what elite teams do is they find a way to build into games that, you know, each period, each shift sort of builds upon the other. And I thought that that comment of his was very apropos in tonight's game because the Jets certainly I thought built on their start and just gradually got better until they reached a point where it was just utter domination out there. Yeah, I mean, look, it was it was definitely a bit of a slow low of slow start, low event first period. There's no question about that, but eventually this Jets team has just done what it continues to do, which is show that again that when you're playing the when you're the better team, you can do what you need to do to to win a hockey game. And so, you know, it once once they started to roll in that second period, you knew that the Jets weren't going to. I mean, when it was 2 nothing, I felt like this one's pretty much over. Like one nothing. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I could see this being like a two-one stinker, and you know that that sort of thing. Like Columbus manages to stay in the game. As soon as it was two nothing, three nothing, you know this one was uh, over, and it was just a function of would Connor Hellebuck be able to pick up uh, a shutout in front of the true, probably biggest celebrity that was in the house with the last <laughs> name Hellebuck, and that's Ezzy's good friend Chuck Hellebuck, yeah. international influencer. As he was, uh, that was, was pretty flashed. funny. As it flashed across the uh, jumbotron 
when they showed Connor Hellebuck's dad who's in town for his final game of uh, this run. So I guess that means he saw the three on the home stand on the road trip. He saw one before they left and now, so that would be five in total. Why is for, he for, leaving Dave? He should stay for the rest of the season. I, I agree with you. Chuck Hellebuck is clearly bringing the vibes as is everybody else. So um, look, this, this team is, is just a ridiculous animal. And I don't know. I mean, Drew's the one who who's been running out of adjectives boys to, to describe this hockey team. But I mean, this is a team that it seemed like couldn't beat the East last year. And now they're 13. <laughs> what are they? 11, 11, 0 3. 11, 0 and 3, sorry, against the Eastern conference. Yeah. And the, the, the goals and the goals for versus goals against is like 58, 58 to 20. 27. That's exactly like, I know it. Drew. That's the reason I'm bringing up the stats. So I can okay. repeat them to my, to the crowd. Plus not 31 goal differential, which is Thank absurd. You. So, so the fact of the matter is you've got a, a team that right now, East, West, Central, anybody else, it doesn't matter how the Jets do. And, and again, even when they don't play their optimum game or optimal game, sorry, they still manage to come out on the positive side of the ledger. So, I mean, again, 30 straight games now, five off the lead, the, the record story set by the, the modern record, I should say, set mm-hmm. by the 14-15 Minnesota Wild. Uh, the, the, of course the, uh, the original record is the 44 games that the Bruins did it in 28, 29, 1928, We course. only need to focus on the modern record. I don't think anything from 1928, 29 is really, truly applicable. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the fact, but the fact of the matter is that this Jets team continues to yeah. just play well. Look how lot, I mean, again, we should mention it in case folks aren't, aren't aware. Mark Shifley was fine. He came out, uh, and, and, and you know, celebrated with his teammates when the final horn sounded. So, I mean, they, they escape anything that could have been serious with Mark Shifley. No, you're absolutely right in that game against the New Jersey devils as you're hundred percent. Right. So there's a, there's a, that's a big dodge for, for a jets club that, you know, again, you, you, they've dealt with injuries, obviously with Kyle Connor currently uh, injured and, and you've got, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel Velarde who had his injury to start the season, but you want to dodge a bullet on that one, and you do. So that's that's big for them. And and look, this is a Jets team again. Like I said, that you know just continues to just roll along. And 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 like I, you know, seven straight wins, thirteen in. Uh, and I had it confirmed by our good friend Joe Pascucci because I want to make sure that my my stats was right as he. So it's and that's why you went fact, to the Jets historian. A Jets historian Joe Pascucci. He confirmed for me that my my accuracy was was I was accurate. So thirteen games, the point streak, which it currently is here in Winnipeg, eleven zero and two for this Jets team, matches the best one ever by a Winnipeg-based NHL franchise. Except in eighteen nineteen eighty four eighty five, that team was ten zero and three. So both teams. 13. So if they can beat Chicago on Thursday, this team will have the record uh, for points streaks. So there you go. A little, uh, little Jets stats for you. We'll have uh, some and, more they, for and they do have another juggernaut coming into town on Thursday. The Connor the Bedardless, the Bedardless uh, Blackhawks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know. But, you know, you can't count it before, before that hatches or anything along those lines. The Jets will have to just replicate what they did tonight on Thursday night. And, you know, just a second and a word about Columbus. Cause you know, we've seen some relatively lousy hockey teams in the last couple of games. San Jose, and they were one of them. Anaheim. Yes. They, they were one of them, but they have some talent. You look up and down that roster and they're just, I think they're just too young and they don't know how to, the, the, they're still boys. They have some and, talent and, 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 and they really miss Zach Wierenski and Patrick Lyon. I of mean, course they Wierenski, do. Those guys, I, I believe yeah. is leading them with, 
uh, a, a one goal and 24 assists, the reverse Cy Young, if you will. And obviously, Lionel's got the clavicle and he's out. But I mean, it's it's a young team. Drew, you're right though. Lots of lots of talent and skill, Yo. but just a young team that's still trying to find their identity. I'd say. Oh, no question about it. But the, I mean, the, you can see the talent that they would have if it continues to develop because, you know, they have a lot of high first round picks. I mean, Adam Fantilli is is the sky's the limit for his future. Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, Cole Sillinger. These are guys yeah. that they've drafted high up in the first round. I thought Marchenko was see... probably the most noticeable for where was Johnny Gaudreau tonight? Is he I assume he was still in Calgary. Like, did he do anything in this game? He I'm was on a milk joking. box, has he? Tell no. me one thing that Johnny Gaudreau did in this game. Not he one didn't do anything. I honestly don't remember him even having the puck on his stick. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty weak. It was, I mean, you know, uh, he he's fallen off the face of the earth uh, in terms of his game. It's just fallen off. Now Columbus is. It's just been a disastrous last couple of years. And, you know, Pascal Vincent, who, of course, is a good friend of the of ours, a good friend of the show with his time with the Manitoba well, Moose. Is... Drew, he's a good friend of Dave's. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. I was, I, was try- I was trying to take some of that uh, friendship uh, radiance. You that, can. That, thank we you. Sh- we share. It. We share on the show. Pascal's a beauty. He's such a yeah. good dude. Um, y- You know, and, and he's just dealing with a with a team that is just not ready to play at the NHL level. They don't know how to play night in, night out. They don't know how to win night in, night out at the NHL level. All the talent that they might have is just they're too they're too young. They're not well, they're and, not and I'm prepared. Sorry, Drew, a, a team like Columbus, yeah. similar to I would say uh you know a, a San Jose, I mean you just the goaltending is also you can't have below average goaltending. And right, Elvis yeah. Merzlikens has been below average, well below average. Yeah. And Tarasov has I mean he's a young goaltender. He's played what six games or something this year. So I mean, yes, you're right. I mean, it's there's a lot of potential, right? But potential doesn't win you hockey games, right? No. So I mean, I, I look at Columbus. I didn't think Columbus was going to be very good this year, but I would say this much though. I mean, watching Columbus uh, at this point, I would say that you know they're a better team than Anaheim or San Jose. I mean, that's not saying mm-hmm. much, but uh, they have more. T- uh, and, yeah, they, they, yeah, they. I mean, you know, there were at, there were times in this game where you thought that you know maybe they would break through and score a goal or two on Hellebuck, <laughs> but obviously he didn't want to disappoint his dad. No, uh, which I, you know, everybody, you know, everybody wants to perform well in front of their family members. Uh, there's no question about that. But you're right. I would agree that Columbus, at least in that first period, and which is their, which is their, been their best period this year. They've been. That's when they've had their better performances early in games. Uh, you know, at times they showed a little bit of flash. You mentioned the Cole Sillinger post and crossbar. But then from there on, it was just you know straight downhill for the for them and the Jets really uh, just it was men against boys. The Jets were just yeah. imposing their will, and Columbus is just not at the point where they can match the Jets' physicality uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. And the Jets were all too happy to take advantage of that, and as a result, they end up with the five nothing victory in tonight's game. That means we have five goals that we need to discuss. So why don't we start that off? Off by getting into it we do it on each and every edition of the illegal curve post game show it is the betway game recap the betway game recap Big thanks to our friends at betway for their continued support of the illegal curve post game show Here's a little, uh, it's not a trick, but it's something that I've been doing, folks, and I've been doing it to some uh, success as of late. 
three-player parlay prior to every Jets game of Shifley, Ehlers, and Velarde to get more than one point or one point for each of them. Over 0.5 points is, is the is the line. You parlay that together, it pays something around plus 265. More often than not, that has been able to cash, and it did again tonight. So perhaps our friends at Betway might not want me to say this, but I bet you they're okay with it. Head on over to Betway. Do it again uh, ahead of Thursday night's game. Parlay of Shifley, Ehlers, and Velarde over 0.5 points for each of them, and you might be able to put a little bit of money in your pocket. This is not guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. This is not a Mindell guarantee or anything like that. It's just something that I've been availing myself of and uh, taking a little bit uh, and gladly running to the bank with that. Anyways, a big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. As I mentioned earlier, you know, first game back from a road trip, you're not entirely sure how the Jets are going to start. Well, they started right. The first, you know, shift, two shifts of the game saw Shifley and Lowry having some decent scoring opportunities. Uh, They weren't able to get anything past uh, Tarasov at that point in time, but they did at the 312 mark of the first period as he, Brendan Dillon, he ties his career high with his sixth of the year assist to Ehlers and Shifley. And the best part about this goal is where it starts. It starts in front of the Jets net with a very good stick by Gabe Velarde that leads to the Jets going from the defensive side of things to the offensive side of things, culminating with the Dylan goal. Yeah, and obviously, you know, it starts in the Jets zone with just some amazing speed from Nick Ehlers, a.k.a. Fly, right? And yeah. he pushes the Blue Jackets defenseman like he does to a lot of defensemen across the NHL. And Brendan Dillon is to his left, and he, you know, flies by uh, Eric Goodbranson. I thought, you know, Goodbranson really looked uh, bad out there tonight. I, I know that he's not exactly Bobby Orr, but yeah, he's not um, anytime that, that Jake Bean, Eric Goodbranson, uh, deep pairing was out there, it seemed like they were getting scored on. Um and yeah, I mean, you love that Brendan Dillon jumps up into the Playboys, and obviously, you know, Good Branson's turned around, so he, st- you know, he sticks his stick out and tries to uh, intercept a pass to Shifley. Uh, originally, I think some people might have thought that, uh, myself included, that Shifley got that goal, um, but obviously, it goes off of the stick of of Eric Good Branson past Tarasov. So just that to me was all about transition, like the the. The, the speed at which the Jets transitioned out of their, their end, own zone. And, mm-hmm. and just nice to see Brendan Dillon score, who uh, I think tied his career high, Dave, right, with six goals. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just a, a really good start to the game for the Jets. And, and you love to see Dillon get a goal. Dave, you can just see how sort of slow the game is right now for the Jets in that they're seeing the ice perfectly. They're surveying the situations well. I mean, again, in years past, the concept that the Jets would start a a goal rush 
deep in their own zone with a defensive play was just not something that happened very regularly. This year, it's been a dime a dozen. And then yeah. Ehlers gets into the, the Blue Jacket zone, and he's just so dangerous when you give him uh, that time and when he's got a clean zone entry, and he feeds Dylan perfectly. And Dylan, I mean, it's a fortuitous bounce, but it, mm-hmm. it, you know, good things happen because you go hard towards the net in waves, the wave of, of Dylan, the wave of Shifley, the wave of Ehlers. Well, and you got to give, as as he said, you got to give Dylan credit for recognizing the opportunity and and jumping into the into the play. And so he gets, you know, his his sixth goal, as as said. I mean, it's crazy to think that he seems to be, you know, throwing back the clock a little bit because, I mean, that's that's ten years ago that he matched that he had his his, you know, the six goals for the Dallas Stars, and now ten years later, here he is. I mean, it's contract year, so that's not such a bad thing for him. But re- I mean, again, great pass by Nikolai Ehlers, and and the one other thing you got to mention is Mark Shifley picks up his 400th assist on that mm-hmm. uh, goal. So 400 assists for number 55—that's a big milestone. He got uh, you know a nice congratulations from the crowd later on in the game. But uh, you know, again, like I said, it's it's just this—the confidence with which this team is playing and the consistency with which this team is playing allows for that. Allows for a guy like Brendan Dillon. Like we tend to think as that Neil Pionk is the is the offensive defenseman <laughs> of that pairing but Brendan Dillon is the guy who jumps up and sees that opportunity for himself so he goes and Neil Pionk hangs back but it, it's just Pionk another is actually the fighter of the pairing he's the one <laughs> yes, that drops the gloves <laughs> good point but ultimately you've got a one nothing lead in what to that point Drew would have been a relatively ho hum uh, hockey game yeah, it, it had been, and the first period was largely ho hum. I mean, this was obviously the Jets. I would think this would be the Jets' best scoring chance. Columbus had their best scoring chance of the game, or one of the few uh, real good quality scoring chances they had. That's when Sillinger hit the post at the seven thirty mark of the first period. So about a four minutes after that, that looked like it. By the way, it hit like eight posts. Like oh, I, I we're, crossbar we're post it, out. Yeah, when we were watching it live there at Canada Life, as I was like, did that go in the net? Yeah, and then you realize that like no, maybe it hit two posts and the crossbar went out. Turned out it was Hellebuck crossbar post and out, but it looked it looked close. It certainly did look close, uh, but uh, no, close is as good as close doesn't uh, count. And it was as close as Columbus would get in the course of tonight's game. Uh, But you're right. It was a low event first period shots after 20 minutes were eight, five. Again, everything to the outside from the Jets perspective. And then they start to get the things rolling in the second period. And I would say it almost starts or the, the not, not the tipping point, but you know, Columbus does get that early second period power play. Neil Pionk, uh, 45 seconds into the second period, takes that tripping penalty, and the Jets don't give Columbus any room to, never mind, get any scoring chances to set up on the power play. They can't even establish the zone in the course of those two minutes. No shots on goal for Columbus uh, during that during that uh, second period power play opportunity. And then the Jets begin to take over the game, in my estimation. This is when they start to really get things going and the uh, on the offensive side of things. And they make it 2-0 at the 10-50 mark of the second period. Cole Perfetti getting his 13th of the year, his first of the game, assist to Dylan Sandberg and Nate Schmidt. So you have two goals for the Jets. We know the Jets always want more offense from their defense. Well, they get two assists on this one and a goal from the the defense in the first two goals of tonight's game. 
It's a great pass by Dylan Sandberg. Uh, it's a nice play by by Vlad Nemesnikov. It's a nice play by Nate Schmidt. The Jets just move the puck well around uh, on this play. And then for reasons unknown, Damon Severson just abandons the front of the net, which is where Cole Perfetti is standing all alone. And it's a nice pass from Sandberg to Perfetti to the back of the net. And it's 2 nothing for the Winnipeg Jets, as he. Yeah, I mean, you touched on, you know, Damon Severson was out of position and the Blue Jackets were just, they were just running around. They were, mm-hmm. they were, they just didn't look organized in their own zone. And look, I mean, Dylan Sandberg deserves a lot of credit for, you know, his offensive instincts, which, I mean, he's really not known for, but he should be known for. I mean, Dylan Sandberg is an excellent defensive defenseman, but he's shown in his second full year in the NHL. Um, that he can contribute offensively as well. And he talked about it, I think, during the first intermission with with Kevin Sawyer. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a really nice goal by Cole Perfetti. But as you mentioned, Drew, Perfetti's left alone in front of the net. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Jackets, as I mentioned, were just running around in their own zone. And, you know, look, at when, when Shifley, Velarde, and Ehlers have been playing like they've been playing, you could argue that, you know, you don't need four lines going, but you still want that Perfetti Nemesnikov Iafalo line going. And I think there's going to be a debate, you know, once Kyle Connor gets closer to coming back, you know, is Connor going to go on the Shifley line or is he going to go on the Nemesnikov line? Uh, we won't get into it. That seems like more of a Saturday, Saturday. morning topic, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just love love the effort by Samberg. And Nemesnikov had a really good scoring chance uh, right before that. So I like that line tonight. And, you know, even though Shifley, Velarde, and Ehlers were really good in this game, uh, you know, as the game kind of progressed, they kind of got quieter and quieter, which is kind of, you know, the opposite of, of what you expect out of that line. And obviously the Jets got goals from from other sources. But uh, yeah, I mean, Perfetti was strong tonight. Sandberg was strong tonight. And, um, you know, that to me was, again, like you could talk all you want about the Blue Jackets, um, you know, potential. But I just thought, you know, defensively, they looked really sloppy. And 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 again, when you don't have Zach Wierenski, that's the same thing as the Jets not having Josh Morrissey. But these yeah. are still NHL defensemen. I think it was uh, was it Jake Bean out there with Damon Severson. I didn't think. I just thought that the the Jets really took advantage of, of a slower Blue Jackets defense. Yeah, you know, there's no question that Columbus's defense was was is not uh, fleet of foot. I mean, Eric Goodbrinson is the opposite of a fleet of foot. Damon Severson, <laughs> uh, you know, isn't known for his you know skating ability. I would say what I like on this goal, Dave, is that the Jets move the puck from you know they it starts you know Vlad Nemesnikov has the puck on the on the right uh, right wall and he takes mm-hmm. it up to the point and he flips it to Schmidt who goes sort of blue line to blue line and then Schmidt down the left wall to Sandberg and then Sandberg behind the net and out front to Perfetti the Jets are moving the puck you know, all around the ice surface. And that's just what causes chaos for the Blue Jackets. They can't keep track of who their who their responsibility is. They start chasing. But that's what puck movement does, just like ball movement in, in basketball. You know, it, it, when you're moving the ball well, when you're moving the puck well, it's mm-hmm. that much more difficult for opponents to uh, to defend. And you saw it in this example for the Jets uh, to make it 2 nothing. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Drew, we talked about Schmidt and Sandberg and, and their defensive a play this year, right? As and how they've been, a, you know, one of the best D pairings in terms of goals uh, expected right now. And and right and if you flip it around, what was the one thing that was kind of the the kind of if you want to say knock on on Nate Schmidt was he wasn't producing, and he just he like everyone. And I think you know as he mentioned it the last show, when 
Nate Schmidt had that that sit down for four straight games. Yeah. It really seemed to light a fire under him. And I, look, do I think Nate Schmidt is without error? Well, most most of the Jets are right now are without error uh, <laughs> for the most part during this remarkable run. But it just seems like, you know, him and Sandberg are, are a little bit, I mean, they were already doing, like I said, they were already doing a lot defensively. And now if you start adding a little bit of offense and Schmidt looked like he was, he was going as he looked like he had that kind of Nate Schmidt confidence again. And that's, that's, that's significant because again, I'm not suggesting that the Jets are, are not going to make any moves, but uh, you know, you want to be able to feel like all of your pairs can contribute both defensively and offensively. We already know how good defensively the, 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 the three units have been, and now you're adding offense from that third pairing. That's significant for this Jets club, which, like I said, is getting it from everywhere, not just Josh Morrissey, not just Neil Pionk. Obviously, you know, the sniper, Brendan Dillon. And and now, again, that was a really nice play by Schmidt, but also a really uh, smart pass by Dylan Sandberg, who, you know, gets up to 11 assists on uh, the season for him. So yeah, a, little, and- a little nicer than his 10th one, which went off of his ankle and then onto Nikolai Ehlers' stick the last game. Yeah, Dave just wanted to throw in that uh, Schmidt played 18 and a half minutes, mm-hmm. which is a little bit higher than he normally plays, but that's because the Jets obviously had the big lead. A yeah. couple shots on net, an assist. Like, yeah, he's. I think you know it's safe to say that Schmidt is playing the best hockey of, of the season, mm-hmm. and, and that's saying something because that Schmidt-Samberg pair has been really good yeah. all year long, right? And so, I, I, again, like, you know, the Jets are getting this done every single night with contributions from the third D pair, the fourth line, the second line, the first line. Uh, it's rare that you have, you know, just one line contributing. And we, again, we sound like a broken record because it seems like we talk about this every post game show, <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, look at, look at what happened in this game. I mean, we're going to get into the, um, you know, the big Josh Morrissey goal here coming up to make it three, nothing, but uh, you, you love to see the, the defense getting uh, up into the play. At least I do. I, I, I love it. And it's not just Morrissey and and Pionk. It's basically all six defensemen are uh, contributing offensively right now. That they are. Uh, we say good evening to all of you joining us. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show talking about the Winnipeg Jets 5-0 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Dave Manuk's in the top right. Ezra Ginsberg is in the bottom middle. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, which means we'll do it again on Thursday night after the Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks. Similar time frame, 9.30, give or take a couple minutes upon the final whistle, then Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m., getting you set for that night's Jets-Flyers game. Our first confirmed guest on Saturday morning to talk about the Flyers, which of course means they'll be talking plenty about the big trade that the Flyers made. Anthony Sanfilippo, our very good friend, not a very good friend of Kevin Hayes, in case you're just (laughs) missing up on that. Anthony will join us on Saturday morning at 10.30 to talk about the Flyers ahead of their visit to Winnipeg on Saturday night. Uh, two nothing for the Jets at this point in time, as we're in the midst of the Betway game recap. And two nothing probably would have been enough the way the Jets uh, stifled the Blue Jackets in tonight's contest. But it wasn't enough for the Jets. They wanted more, more, more. Josh Morrissey getting his seventh of the season, and I alluded to this in my tweet on Twitter. But to me, this is our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot at the game.
Big thanks to our friends at no, Seagram's. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, as he's got something better than that. There you go, Big hold Daddy. On. Big this, Daddy's got the that big Josh Morrissey, That Josh Morrissey goal, Drew, calls yeah. for the big boy bottle. Okay. What, what, is, what is that little thing? Show that. Show your bottle there for a second, Drew. <laughs> Ezzy, it's not the size that counts. It's what you do with the bottle. Size matters when it comes to fireball. Okay, you. Okay, continue, and I'm going to fire up a fireball. Okay, shot. you can take that. Uh, Morrissey getting his seventh assist to Adam Lowry. We mentioned that uh, Jake Bean uh, had a rough night uh, for the uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. In this instance, he's just sort of shooting the puck up the Behind wall place. in the neutral zone. You know, it's cute. You have a little mini cup there as well. Uh, he's shooting the puck up the wall in the neutral zone. Adam Fantilli is his intended target. Adam mm -hmm. Lowry just comes in and is too big and too strong, and he takes the puck, and he comes in as a clean zone entry into the Blue Jackets zone, and Josh Morrissey is the trailer on the play, and Lowry just tees Morrissey up, and Morrissey, with a head of steam, steps into it and absolutely rockets it into the back of the net, making it a 3 nothing Winnipeg Jets lead, and this was just, uh, I mean, it was just a bullet, Dave, off of Morrissey's stick. No chance for anyone involved. Uh, he, howitzer. You know, yeah, it was a howitzer. Exactly right. And it made it 3 nothing. It's what you, you know, Jets pick off uh, an errant pass in the neutral zone. They use their size. They use their speed. And when they have that going, they're very hard to contain. Well, I mean, I think, Drew, the key, and it's been the key for how much of this season, is that good defense results in an offensive opportunity that results in a goal. Right. And again, it's the whole, you know, I don't want to go into Pavlov's dog and, and, and ringing bells, but I mean, talk about behavior modification. For this. Dog, Dave? Well, not Pavlik, pa Pavlov, but, but maybe Andre Pavlik has a dog as he, we can ask him. But the fact of the matter is, is Jets team is getting rewarded by paying, playing good defensive structure. So they have good defensive structure in their end. Puck goes, as you said, drew into the neutral zone. Uh, the Jets, you know, do some work to get it back. They don't just, you know, get it back magically. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's funny because it's Dylan DeMello and Josh Morrissey who are way at the back. And credit, of course, Morgan Barron for stretching out and almost uh, tearing his groin to ensure that he stayed onside because mm -hmm. he had to come back and and make sure that he was onside. But I mean, and yeah, you're gonna that that nobody's stopping that Josh Morrissey shot. But again, to me, the 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 shot is significant. The play by Adam Lowry is heads up. The play by Morgan Barron is heads up. But again, it's a Jets team that's being rewarded for good defensive structure. And you right. have good defensive structure. Columbus doesn't have good defensive structure. And you see, and it was interesting because it was part of our conversation with Pascal Vincent today after morning skate. Uh, the Blue Jackets had an optional. But just talked about how they have a very young team over there. And they've got to learn the things that the Jets, the growing pains at this Jets club, and everybody, you know, went to, through it as well. Like, I mean, everybody who's watched the Jets, as have we, uh, for all these years, know that, you know, the, this team had some warts, especially defensively. And now you're seeing what, again, that good defensive structure can can result in. So, yeah, and the Jets turn it around, and, and you're right, at this point, it's 3 nothing. It's over, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's just it's just a function of, well, when it was 2 nothing, you're like, I felt it was over, but 3 nothing, it was like, that's all she wrote. And Ezzy, I should mention, of course, even though we mentioned the influence in the international influencer, aka Chuck Hellebuck, but it's not a coincidence that at one nothing, when the game looked like it was in question, Chuck Hellebuck gets shown on the screen. That's when the Jets started to get going. So hang on. What's more important to the Jets' success? Chuck Hellebuck or Squirtle? Sa First of all, it's saxophone squirtle. Saxophone Drew, make sure squirtle, make sure you sorry. reference. Oh, we lost Ezzy. Okay. Okay. 
I'm not sure why. The bottle of fireball probably did. It's either that or an untimely computer update. It's it's only one or the other. Well, he's back. back. He's back. He's back. He's back. But anyways, the point is that uh, I can't can't attest to which is more important, but I will say when it was 1-0, the Jets scored twice to make it 3-0. Saxophone Squirtle was a bit of a Johnny-come-lately, and he showed up when it was 3-0. For the Winnipeg Jets, so he didn't exactly. Oh, they made inspire. it five nothing, so you can't take it away from him. I'm not taking it away. I think I would suggest that both are influential international influencers, both yes. Saxophone Squirtle and Chuck Hallibuck. Uh, But I'm just saying that the crowd These are illegal curve style fancy stats here, folks. Exactly. Yeah. But my yeah. point is that the crowd got animated in Winnipeg. Uh, also gave a lot of love to Connor Hallibuck when it was announced, of course, that he was the third star of the week last week because he went three and zero, and then uh, yeah. also because he was named to the NHL All Star game. His fourth time. For, he'll be going for to Hellebuck the All-Star well. game. Uh, three nothing for the Jets is three nothing after forty minutes, and the only question in the third period is largely how many more are the Jets going to score, and can Hellebuck keep his shutout? Uh, you know the answer to that was yes. That was his. 34th career shutout, his mm-hmm. second of the season. Um, Jets make it 4 nothing. Uh, it's uh, Cole Perfetti getting his uh, 14th of the season, his second of the game. It comes 3:34 into the uh, into the third period. Uh, it's an unassisted goal, but I don't know. I mean, you you have to give credit to Alex Iafalo for just being so strong on the forecheck. And, and this is sort of this was the the pinnacle of the Jets men versus boys sort of shift here mm-hmm. in that Iafalo is is hard on the forecheck and he forces a turnover, and then Perfetti forces the turnover uh, also off of. Uh, I believe it was off of Adam Fantilli as well. Fantilli had a bit of a rough game, but he's a young player who's got a lot of upside. And the Jets were just, and then, you know, Perfetti forces the turnover and he just fires the puck uh, top corner and makes it 4 nothing. And it's just a party in downtown Winnipeg at this point, as he. Yeah, and we talked about it was the, uh, it was Jake Bean and, and Damon Severson. That was the D pairing out there. Yeah for the Blue Jackets, and you're right, Alex Iafalo, who is a tenacious forechecker, I mean, they were all over uh, the Blue Jackets uh, throughout the night, and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, look at Perfetti is obviously feeling it right now. He's, you know, we talked about Nate Schmidt playing the best hockey of the season, and you got to say the same for Perfetti right now, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, at at that point, the route was on. I mean, you know, (laughs) you know, you could say that, you know, that goal, you know, it, it it really didn't have a big impact on the game. But the reality is, like, what are the Jets going to do? I mean, the alternative is you sit back and, and you just, you know, hang on to a three-goal lead. I like that the Jets are showing that killer instinct. And they're just putting a, a fourth f- goal in and, and a fifth goal in. So, uh, yeah, another good good uh, shift by the Nemesnikov line. And, you know, we shouldn't be surprised at this point. But man, that, that Blue Jackets defense was just, it just seemed like they were overwhelmed by the Jets' uh, forecheck tonight. I would say by the third period, they wanted nothing to do with the rest of the game. They had just had enough. The Jets had just broken their will uh, by by the third period of tonight's game. And I thought on this goal is an example of the Jets just being harder and stronger than the Blue Jackets players. And the Blue Jackets players just didn't have the fight left in them anymore. They just didn't have that... 
they they couldn't dig any deeper. They had just had their will crushed by the Winnipeg Jets, which is, by the way, folks, something that good teams are supposed to do to their weaker opponents. And the Jets did that. And you know, the third period, of course, was you know anticlimactic. But mm-hmm. you know, the Jets, you know, especially after this goal, you go in and you know, yes, it doesn't ultimately really matter in the course of the game. The Jets are probably going to win even if this goal doesn't get scored when they're up three nothing. But what it does is it just affirms for the players, this is how you play. Not that they really need this affirmation at this point. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure their record and their, and their spot in the standings is all the affirmation that they need. But this is how you play, and this is how you get rewarded. Go in there, be aggressive on the forecheck. Be harder than your opponent. Force a turnover, you're going to get a goal. And that's what you see here from the Jets, Dave, to make it 4 nothing very early in that third period. Absolutely. And speaking of Cole Perfetti, I wanted to see the uh, highlight uh, a quote by our good friend Murat Atash of The Athletic, who said, when asked if Chuck Hellebuck is allowed to go home, as he, I don't think so. He should stay and keep tweeting and updating his life. It's hard to let that go. So even uh, Cole Perfetti doesn't want Chuck he Hellebuck. I don't know if he smiled at Drew because I was doing the show with you. So I haven't okay. seen that post-game availability quite yet. Operfetti doesn't like to celebrate his goals. Folks in the chat, can you please let us know the breaking news whether or not Cole Perfetti cracked a smile when he was talking about Chuck Hellebuck in the post-game media availability. It'll be like, available on illegalcurve.com, but I'm not sure if it is yet, so please let us know if Cole Perfetti cracked a smile or not. I, I, I'm, I'm going to not tell you. I'm going to tell you boys right now. I kind of like Eric's suggestion right here. I think we need to get Chuck Hellebuck on the postgame show. Should I uh, message the Jets, see if we can get him on, Let's on the see show? see if we can get Chuck Hellebuck on I think you know the, the answer to show. that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and how did you get this email address is the number. Text him right now. I'll be like, any chance we can add Chuck Hellebuck? It's but, probably his last know, night with his, with his family, though, so we'll leave him alone. But uh, it would be rather funny. As we all know, Chuck is a great uh, – he he's a 3d printer uh, is what his uh, YouTube channel is all about. I want to highlight this. It's going to be hard to see. This is a necklace that Perry William cousin made for all of us. And I just want to say thank you to Perry. Uh, It's an Italian alabaster anukshuk. And this is just a fabulous gift that he sent to us. And it's really, it's so very welcome and and so very appreciated. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for some sort of cultural appropriation or anything, but I just wanted to uh, uh, highlight that Perry William Cousin, who's in the chat frequently, uh, made these beautiful necklaces for us. And so I wanted to say thank you to Perry uh, for doing that. And now you're Uh, making me look bad, boys, because I'm not wearing mine. Mine's at home. Well, you know, the thing, yours is at home because your kids were fighting over it because they both wanted to wear it so badly. So I understand where, the, where you're coming from there. But the, the number of compliments I got from my family uh, was, uh, you know, was, I think, a good example of just how great these, uh, these, these necklaces are. So big thank you to Perry William Cousin for his, uh, his craftsmanship uh, in this instance. Four nothing for the Jets at that point in time. And you're wondering, well, they've all been five on five goals. Boy, is it boring when you only score five on five i wonder if you can get a power play goal the answer is yes the jets could it took them all of 16 seconds to get that power play goal emil bemstrom is in the box for high sticking at 9 13 at 9 drew i said emil oh, okay yeah 
what did I say email? Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever, uh, you know who I'm talking about. I'm just messing It took with the you. Jets all of 16 seconds uh, to get uh, the fifth goal of the game. Gabe Velarde, his ninth of the year, assist to Adam Lowry and Cole Perfetti. And so this is another game where the power play has succeeded. We know five on five has succeeded. And the uh, penalty kill succeeded as well as the Jets went four for four on the penalty kill, which means that's been doing pretty well because uh, it went pretty well on the road trip uh, in uh, in addition. So five nothing Velarde. Uh, it's Perfetti on the half wall down low to Lowry. Lowry comes out in front, feeds it across to Velarde. Important to note that the reason why Lowry was here and not Shifley is Shifley had taken a puck to the ear, yeah. a slap shot from Morrissey that deflected off of uh, I believe it was off of Bemstrom's stick again. Yeah, it was. Uh, into the ear and there was some concern he went down pretty hard he left the ice did not return for the final 13 and a half minutes of the game but he did come back onto the ice after the final whistle so to celebrate with his Winnipeg Jets teammates which is a pretty good sign that Shifley is healthy and Velarde we know is healthy his second power play goal of the year his ninth of the season and oh by the way Pierre-Luc Dubois was the Los Angeles Kings' fourth-line center Ooh. in tonight's game. There yeah, you go, just five as we nothing. all expected. Yeah, just as we all expected. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, yeah, five and, you love, and you love the fact that Adam Lowry wins the face-off. And you're right, Lowry's usually not on the first power play. Uh, but the, the Jets were moving the puck well there. Um, and Gabe Velarde sure just seems to be getting better and better uh, on that top power play unit for the mm-hmm. Jets. So you're right, Drew. I mean, not that the Jets needed this one. Um, but it's it's nice that the Jets are are starting to put some of these power play goals in, right? Because we know that you know both the power play and the penalty kill have been, you know, they've left uh, a lot to be desired at, at times. Not lately, the power play has been good lately, um, but you know, kind of just a nice a, a nice bow to put on this victory. Yes, exactly right. And it was a very nice victory on home ice for the Winnipeg Jets uh, in front of twelve thousand five hundred and twelve. Uh, I know it's not the a huge number. It's not a sellout. But again, folks, it's a Tuesday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I think this is actually a pretty decent number because if the Jets had only been maybe a middling team to this point of the season, this number would have been lower than that. And that's just a function of too many games, too many home games, and not that great of an and, opponent. And a lot of people are talking about, you know, that they want the, the, the attendance to be higher. But, I mean, you know, all you can do is, you know, if you want to support the team, buy tickets. I think it'll right? be higher. I, I assume it'll be higher on Thursday night against the Blackhawks, even though Philadelphia is not sure. going to be there. Well, everybody wants I'm, to watch Connor Bedard, right? So. Yeah, well, uh, Philadelphia <laughs> on Saturday would not uh, I would not surprise me in the least if that's in the, if that's a sellout. Uh, Philly always a big draw here with their ties to Manitoba back yep. in their Broad Street bully days. That might be Jamie Drysdale's debut as a Flyer, by the way, because he didn't he, play tonight. Oh, I thought he did play tonight. If he, no, he was, didn't, okay. Well, in that case, uh, yeah, if he didn't. Yeah, play another tonight. game though before then drew yeah so. i think he'll probably play that first game i think they'll probably play i think they play thursday night if i'm not mistaken but uh certainly jamie drysdale a guy that the jets just saw uh when did they play anaheim they played anaheim last thursday last friday yeah. whatever day it was Something like that. Uh, so someone the jets are certainly familiar with a very interesting friday. trade 
Yeah, Friday uh, is when they played Anaheim. Uh, an interesting trade, and like I said, uh, we'll talk about that on Saturday morning with Anthony Sanfilippo of CrossingBroad.com. He's going to be our Flyers guest at the bottom of hour number two, so a lot on the Jets and the Flyers on Saturday morning. And then, of course, Thursday night still, the Illegal Curve post-game show following the Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks back little, here. little p- piece of trivia here. I- I'll, mm-hmm. ask it, I'll ask it as a question. Oh, that's usually what you do with trivia. Yeah. Cutter Gauthier's father yes. was a professional goalie. Who was he drafted by? The Winnipeg Jets. Correct. Thank you. I, <laughs> I think I saw the same tweet as you did. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you nonetheless there, Mr. Ginsburg. You know that. Uh, Jets win 5 nothing tonight. That has been the Betway game recap on this uh, Tuesday night. I see a lot of people in the chat. There's over 600 of you watching this fine program. And I saw a number of you saying, hey, when's the next live on location? When's the next uh, illegal curve party? All I can say, it's not yet 100% confirmed, but I'm going to suggest to people a day that only comes around every four years. Keep that blocked off on your calendar. It's not this day? month. It's, it's, a, it's a date that comes, comes around only once every four years. Bastille Day? Um, no, no. That, that happens yearly, Ezzy. A date. Like Cinco a de Mayo. Date. Cinco de Mayo again. That's May the fifth. Every year, Cinco de Mayo, de Mayo uh, comes around. Ticona Polly's got it. Ticona's Polly. There you go. Oh, leap year. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not that's, very good at trivia, Drew. Clearly, Thursday, February the 29th. Not yet confirmed, but as soon as it is, we'll let you know. An illegal curve party with our friends at Boston Pizza. The Jets are going to be in Dallas for a Central Division matchup against the Stars. And like I said, you only get one leap year or one leap day every four years. So why not celebrate it with us at Illegal Curve uh, on Thursday, February the 29th? Tentatively right now. Stay tuned. Although our friend Drew... Drew, our friends at Farmery uh, inquired as to when we want to do the next uh, live well, show at Farmery. So, uh, and that's coming up, uh, yes. So we'll we'll see about that. Although I did I did confirm with them, not confirm, but I did tell them that we we you and I specifically maybe we'll bring as along for the ride would definitely be interested in doing a summer show in uh, Clear Lake at some point. So, yes, uh, that will be a lot of fun if we can go out to Farmery. Maybe even as hit the farm. I'll, I'll broadcast live from Lac to Bonnie. I'm good. <laughs> 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 okay, as he's too good for as he's too good for the uh, the wet for no, 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 uh, the, no, no. the mean, northwestern Dave, part of Manitoba. Dave, Dave did uh, say Drew and I, so I guess you guys have your little Clear Lake plans. That's fine. Okay, yeah, well, it's, you're just... always you're always welcome, as. Well, you know, it's it's inside the federal government gates, uh, so I'm pretty sure you're not allowed on federal oh, government true. territory. True. Is also a part of the problem. I prefer muddy waters. Okay, well that's fine there, as he. Uh, that joke in Clear Lake, muddy waters. Oh, it took me a second there to get that. That's pretty clever. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not bad. Uh, five nothing. The Winnipeg Jets victorious. Sure, I'm tonight. drunk right now. Remember the fireball shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five nothing. The Jets victorious over the Columbus Blue Jackets. When we come back on the Illegal Curve post game show, more on tonight's game. Some more feedback from the dressing room. Uh, update on Rasmus Kupari. More of whatever comes to our mind. It's uh, Tuesday evening. Jets win. If you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the channel that's what we need ask of you stay with us the more second half of the illegal curve post game show coming up next after these commercial messages 
your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 25 minutes before the top of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve postgame show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you on a Tuesday night. Jets win 5 nothing. Reminder, Thursday night, the next edition of the Illegal Curve postgame show after the Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, here's what Rick Bonus had to say about Should we Mark start that one Knight. now? Should we start that postgame show now? <laughs> Feels good. Like, the, the, you're saying because like the game's already over. Mm. That game yeah. could be that could it could easily be a ten nothing Jets win. Well, I mean, it, although apparently to... the Oilers only beat them two one. What was the score final score in that one tonight? It was uh, I think it was low. Let me check. Well, the, I, I know the Oilers. Yeah, Chicago I know did one Calgary on Sunday too. Two yeah. one final. Right. Yeah, and they beat Calgary on Sunday. So don't count your chickies before. Oh, they Calgary, add. they're a ju- Calgary, they're a juggernaut. <laughs> they're not a juggernaut going straight down the mountain into yeah. in, into a fiery crash. Yeah. But uh, yes, don't count your chickies before they hatch, Mister Manuke. You know that you know very well. Okay, of course, that. come on, we got a moose game and a Jets game before. I mean, we've got a moose game and then a Jets game. Lots to enjoy. There you go. Moose play tomorrow night. Is that right against? They do that in Belleville. Belleville? 
Yeah. And there's going to be a new addition to the Winnipeg to the Moose roster. Why don't you tell the good folks in case they missed the update earlier today or missed the article on illegalcurve.com. Shame, 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 folks. <laughs> Who's going to be Impossible. playing for the Manitoba Moose uh, tomorrow night? Number 10, Rasmus Kupari will be playing for the Manitoba Moose. He's assigned on a conditioning assignment for the Moose. So uh, we had discussed that, I want to say a few weeks back, I said it probably makes the most sense for Rasmus Kupari to be on a conditioning assignment. Sure enough, the Jets made that. It was weird because today when we were at morning skate, uh, Ville Hainola was skating in a regular jersey. I'm like, well, and I was asking everybody else, all the other our media friends, where uh, anybody else see Rasmus? They didn't. So uh, when Rick Bonus talked about him, they he mentioned he did provide some updates, basically said, they're just waiting for Ville Hainola and Rasmus Kupari to be cleared. Obviously, Rasmus Kupari was cleared. Ville Hainola, I would imagine, was not because you got to think he will also be assigned. Because to be clear, Rasmus mm-hmm. Kupari played until about November 14th. It was that game against uh, New Jersey, as he. Uh, and then he suffered that shoulder injury. And Scott O'Neill told us it'd be about a four to seven week recovery. He had about eight weeks before he was ready to go. And of course, they haven't had a lot of time to practice. So Rasmus Kupari is going to go down to the Moose. Uh, he'll, of course, still count towards the um, salary cap. He's on the roster uh, for the Jets, but he is going to be down with the Moose on a conditioning assignment. He'll get five, six games in, and that's uh, maybe he could potentially get five or six games during this two-week conditioning assignment. I expect Billy Hainola also to be assigned once he clears, and then he was talking about Kyle Connor remaining on schedule. It sounds like David Gustafson might be a little – the Gus bus might be in the shop a little longer because he uh, – um, you know, Rick Bonus said that it didn't sound, it didn't make it sound like it was going to be relatively quickly. And so, like I said, all those updates are on illegalcurve.com. So, yeah, Rasmus Kapari will be drawing in tomorrow night when they play against the Belleville Senators, their third game against Belleville. And don't there look now, boys, but the Jets are getting healthier uh, very quickly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, and the big one, of course, is Kyle Connor. I mean, yeah, the other and Villy Hanela, right? Yeah, like, he, he should be back pretty soon. I mean, yeah. There's, uh, we expect him to play with the moose, right, Dave? I don't think anything's yep. changed there. Uh, no. But uh, yeah, like, and that's that's what's going to be very interesting. Sorry, Drew. Again, this is a Saturday morning topic, no, but I'm very fine. excited uh, on my my fireball shots right now. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's the word you're using. I, I think a, a strong argument can be made, like that the Jets aren't going to have to be that active when you've got Kyle Connor coming back and you've got Billy Hanola coming back. Look, at I still think. I'm on the, I've said this, I'm on the 2C bandwagon, second line center. So I just, I, I don't think, I wouldn't expect the Jets to make five or six moves prior to the trade deadline. I, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. Right now, the way things are going, I wouldn't think that they need to be making uh, a huge, significant moves where they're, where they're necessarily, uh, you know, mortgaging the future, although I don't really like that expression. But uh, yeah, the way things are going right now, things are are, are, are going pretty swimmingly. It reminds me, drive to redo my mortgage. That. It's up pretty soon. Okay, you should probably look into that. That would be my advice to you there, is look into renewing your mortgage. Uh, wow. Uh, Shafley received stitches after the game. Uh, Rick Bonus did not have an exact update, but you can read between the lines. He was on the bench, and he was in the locker room with the team after the game, so that's a pretty good sign. Uh, Cole Perfetti was double-shifted late in tonight's game uh, because uh, ostensibly to try and get him a hat trick. Here's what Rick Bonus had to say about that. You don't want to run up the score because that's not what we're about. 
But to give a kid like Cole a chance to get a hat trick, then you've got to give him that opportunity because that will do wonders for him moving forward. So that's the Jets head coach about his decision to double shift Cole Perfetti. That was Perfetti's first two goal game of his career, his young career, right? Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's even more reason. Might as well make it a hat trick, right? And it's only a matter of time until he gets that hat trick because he's got he's just oozing with talent, as we all know. Uh, Rick Bonus, more on the Jets' energy levels tonight. Uh, they didn't have a ton of energy, he said, but we found a way to persevere and keep playing Winnipeg Jets hockey. But they made it hard on us. They've got some good young talent over there. Pascal's doing a great job with them. Uh, they may have made it hard on the Jets for the first 20 minutes of the game. Hard mm-hmm. being, you know, uh, maybe in quotes. Uh, after that, the Jets pretty much ran roughshod over them. But uh, nice to see Rick Bonus uh, giving a little bit of love to uh, Pascal Vincent, who's certainly dealing with a difficult situation. Uh, he was plugged into a very difficult. Well, uh, he's also uh, had the fifth most injuries, I think, in the NHL. Hey, right? guys, remember so Pat- when Mike Babcock was supposed to be the head coach of Columbus? <laughs> remember that? No, but I mean, look, you got Patrick Liney, who's in. You know, week three, I think, of six for his clavicle injury. Jack yeah. Roslevic, who we, you know, saw throughout the course of the tonight's hockey game, he's uh, freshly back. I think he had an ankle injury, so he's only played six games, I think, for Columbus in this stretch. I think he's played about 16 games, 17, 18 games, something like that in total. But he missed, I think, four weeks or five weeks. So, the you know, and as as he mentioned, Zach Wierenski. So they've, they've had a ton of injuries. I think the fifth most injured uh, team in the NHL this season, which, of course, is always going to hamstring a team when yeah. you're dealing with uh, that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's been a tough slog. Uh, we know Pascal. Obviously, we talked to him. I had a chance to catch up with him today uh, following their morning. You mornings. guys went for dinner last night? We did not. No, I chose. I, I figured. I figured. I, I mean, I may. I, I considered it, but you know, yeah. I figured it, I'd let him. Uh, Dinners for suckers, you know, Drew. You got. Exactly. I mean, when I, you know, I, I say it a little bit tongue in cheek, but the truth is, among all the you know Winnipeg media over the last you know half half a you know half a decade, Dave has probably spent the most time with Pascal, given oh, his yeah. coverage of the Moose. So no, there's uh, no question. Know, there's a mutual yeah. respect there, or at least Dave respects Pascal, and <laughs> Pascal you know begrudgingly respects Dave. I would suggest. No, no, he's 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 good. He's a good I person. He's and, a great guy. And Did and you, guys you see know Pascal like, and Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, after uh, Flurry, what was that? It was a record. I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, Pascal's coach, oh, with Mark the Patrick Wall one. Keeper. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Flurry's awesome. save. I mean, the save to the lead to the tying goal, leading to the yeah. overtime winner, was yeah. incredible. That was what Saturday night or something or uh, something like know, that. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. It was, it was, it was Saturday. Weekend, because, yeah. No, it was Saturday because the Blue Jackets have a weird. They played today. They played Saturday. They played today in Columbus. Then they played today in Winnipeg, and then they go back to Columbus on Saturday. For, I don't know who they're playing, but they play again on Saturday. So. Final word tonight before we get to the tough duck hardest hitting comment. It's actually going to go to Pascal Vincent. This is courtesy of our buddy Darren Bombing, who was in yeah, was the good uh, he was in the road dressing room. Bonfire uh, as, Sports, yeah, Bonfire Sports. He was in the road dressing room as he is, and of course Darren working for NHL.com as well. Uh, so he's always in the road dressing room after the game. Pascal Vincent said the Jets are quote a team that plays a playoff style. It was complicated for us to create offense. Uh, Darren asked him to expand on that, and here's what Pascal had to say. Uh, you know, well, their compete level, their structure, there's no time, there's no space. They don't play. It's not fancy the way they play. It's really, really effective. They really collapse in front of their net. Their forecheck is really good, but their tracking is really, really good. When you attack, we're a rush team with the people we have. That's what we're good at. And they took away our main asset, the ability to be a rush team. They just play a smart game. 
I know a lot of those players, and let's just put it this way, their hockey sense is really high offensively and defensively. They play a good team game. That is Columbus Blue Jackets head coach Pascal Vincent. High praise about the Winnipeg Jets. You're right. High praise. It wasn't that many years ago where Boston was talking about uh, how easy it was yeah. to uh, play against the Jets and how easy it was to get to the the uh, the middle, middle of the ice. It's yeah. now the complete opposite, a role reversal. It's taken a couple years, but it's certainly uh, taking effect. And again, like I said, that that's a testament to what, how many of these goals started because the Jets played, made a nice defensive play. And that's, well, and that's the, a testament to the, the coaching. Dylan one and, for sure. The Morrissey one for sure. Mm-hmm, the Perfetti mm-hmm. one for sure. That's you know? that, and that, Great. and that's more often than not throughout the course of the season. That's something we can point to yeah. and say that this Jets team defensively is is getting things done that we didn't anticipate that they'd be able to do. Look, they weren't like a tire fire last year, but right. this team has has really tightened up. Uh, and you know, like I said. Sure, they got five goals tonight, but the more important number is the fact that they didn't allow any against and that they're limiting their opponents. And that's part of, you know, this 30 straight games with three goals or less. And I don't know what the record is with two goals or less, but it's 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 got to be something in that, you know, that you run right. What's that? I, I, sorry, I just wanted to, I'm glad you brought up the two goals or less thing because that is almost as equally impressive. You know, th- you know, three goals or less, you know, three is a big number or you know, a yeah. bigger number. But to go as many games as the Jets have gone without giving up more than two goals. Yes. Is a since when is a, three a big number, Drew? Well, it's not a big number, but you know, he's saying it's know, more easily attainable. I'm saying it's more easily attainable to get that record, but to go as many games as the Jets have gone, having given up only uh, less than two two goals or less, yeah. that to me is is really even standing out even greater as how impressive a streak that is. Right, and that's why I'm saying that when you're playing stingy defensive hockey and you're you're limiting your opponents to that sort of thing, and again, we that's you get that by virtue of the fact that Connor Hellebuck is playing well every night, Lauren Bersois is playing every night, well every night, and and you know, and the team as a whole, a collective unit, right? Consistency, same yeah. thing we're seeing every night after night. And I saw Brendan Dillon had a quote. I didn't know if you were going to read it, but he just spoke about the fact that the team is buying in, and how much as a defensive player you appreciate that you get that kind of effort from this collective group. So, look, it it it's just the same thing we've been talking about throughout the course of this remarkable run. Something that. You know, we've been covering this team, boys, every single day for the last 13 years, if yeah. not longer. And and it just seems like we're watching a team that we've never seen this sort of effort before, right? 17, 18, there was an interesting, like Sean Reynolds uh, was on with Jeff Merrick talking about comparing the teams. And if you say from a talent perspective, that team in 17, 18 was a more talented team. But this team as a whole, and again, sure, it's early. We haven't even hit the midpoint. That happens the next game when they play the Chicago Blackhawks. Better team than 2018. But this is a better team, I think. And again, we're only halfway through. But what we're seeing right now, and again, sorry, but when you played 40 40 hockey games, and it's going to be 41 on Thursday, you are who we think you are. And again, folks will say, "Well, last year they weren't, and they fell off." I'm sorry. Like I said, it'll be we'll we'll be having this conversation. You know. 41, 42 games from now, Ezzy. But for right now, this team collectively is just a significantly different group. And I don't, one, I don't think we've seen here in Winnipeg. Who do you uh, think you are, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> That's the great bowling quote. Uh, and, and to your point, Dave, I mean, don't look now, but look at the number of points there are between the Jets and the Dallas Stars now. 
Yep. It's now seven points between the Jets and the Stars. Not like Dallas has been playing that bad hockey. And Minnesota game. is 68 points behind the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's very clever there, Mr. Ginsburg. They're only, they're only 20 points behind the Jets right now. It's a mere 20 points after they had the opportunity to cut it to, what was it? That's a shame. Uh, four? Four. Yeah, they, four. Amazing. It wasn't that long ago either. That was about 10 days ago. Uh, okay, we'll wrap it with the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment on this edition of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. The top duck hardest in common. Go ahead, Mr. Ginsburg. Who's getting the uh, toque from our friends at Tough Duck tonight? You know, we're going to give it to, to somebody who I haven't seen in the chat before. And again, we had some, some great numbers. At one point, we had over 600 people watching. We've still got well over 400 people watching. So we always appreciate everybody joining us on the Illegal Curve postgame show. We've got the comment started here. We're going to give it to Maxer AA. I just like this comment. He says, uh, well, I shouldn't assume it was a, it could be, doesn't necessarily mean it's they. A, a, we'll a, say, he, we'll say yeah, they. We'll say they. Uh, it was my very first NHL game since I moved to Winnipeg two years ago, and it was really fun to watch Columbus get destroyed. <laughs> That's a pretty hard-hitting comment right there. You got to love it. Two years in Winnipeg and his first uh, or their first NHL game, and they get to see a big 5 nothing win uh, over Columbus. The Jets, seven wins in a row now, 10-1-2 since Illegal Curve broadcasted from Farmery at, at 2 Donald, and the Jets remain in first place. So Maxer, double-A. Send me an email, Ezra, E-Z-R-A, at IllegalCurve.com, or slide into my DMs on Twitter, at ICSEG, with your mailing info, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. Big thank you to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. They, along with so many of our sponsors, are loyal and have been with us almost from the get-go. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market, Dental Center, Zappia Group, Realty, Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post-game show. Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and of course, Farmery Beer. If you have a business or you know of a business that should join our elite roster of sponsors, get in touch with one of us, Drew at IllegalCurve.com, Dave at IllegalCurve.com, or Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. We want to hear from you about who should join our roster of sponsors. As you have something to give away in addition to the tough duck toque yeah this is pretty fun uh gotta give a shout out to our good friend uh john waldman here we have uh, a couple of tickets to give away the manitoba sports hall of fame which is located in the sport manitoba building where you guys know i work for for hockey manitoba and this saturday we talked about it earlier we're gonna have anthony sanfilippo on the saturday morning show this Saturday, January 13th, the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame is having a Filipino Heritage Night pregame party. Oh. And we have two tickets to give away. And this is going to be taking place at 4 o'clock. And if you haven't been there before, the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame is on the first floor of the Sport Manitoba building located at 145 Pacific Avenue. Um, proceeds benefit the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. If you haven't been to the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, by the way, I highly recommend it. If you're a sports fan and especially uh, a fan of local Manitoba sports, uh, you got to go check it out. I know all of us have, and I obviously work there, so I can, you know, I'm lucky that I can go there anytime. But so it's Filipino Heritage uh, Night, and it's a pregame party. Uh, I've got the flyer here. Catering is going to be provided by Tito Boy Restaurant, Cash Bar, 
And so basically what it is, it's a, it, there's a pregame party and then you're going to stay there and watch the game. So this is a $50 value, two tickets, send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com. I'm just going to give it to the, the first email that I get. So again, it's this Saturday, January 13th, Filipino Heritage Night pregame pregame party and then you stay there at the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame and you watch the uh, Jets Flyers game which is a seven o'clock start so send me an email Ezra at illegal six o'clock six o'clock, six o'clock as he sorry six, six o'clock, o'clock start yeah. yeah and more importantly as did you negotiate with both either John Waldman or the Filipino Society that the post-game show will be shown on the TV after the game concludes I did not negotiate that but I will talk to uh, John Waldman and maybe they can uh, put it on there Okay, and so rumor, there's rumors abound that uh, anybody that's attending Filipino Heritage Night at the Sport uh, at the Sport Manitoba building uh, is also gets a tour of Ezzy's workspace. Oh boy, so you get that to is see not where true. the you get to see <laughs> where the action happens. Fake this news. is his napping spot. This is where this is his chair. This is where he keeps his fri- his lunch in the fridge. Well, if this you really want to he... see where I spend most of my time, it's at uh, Colissimo. Which is the restaurant on the also on the the main floor of the Sport Manitoba building? That's where I get my coffee and my croissants. Yeah, Drew, so I want to just read this comment because I think if you're a Jets fan, you probably are going to appreciate it from Justin Danforth, courtesy of our friend Darren Bombing, uh, yeah. the Jackets winger, had this to say about the Jets. That's a team that's going for the cup, and that's a team that we're striving to be like. They don't make many mistakes on the ice. They clog the middle of the ice. They back check. They forecheck on our D. They finish hits. They block shots. That's probably one of the better teams we've played all year. Again, the Jets are reaping high praise from around the league, whether the league notices or not. Of course, there was a signing in Toronto, so nobody is paying attention. And you know what? To be honest with you, I'm sure the team, because if you you listen to the availability we had with Rick Bonus, available on our YouTube channel or on IllegalCurve.com, this team is doing a lot to dissuade. They don't want to talk about it. Rick Bonus, we haven't done anything yet. We haven't won a Stanley Cup yet. They're not talking about first in the in the NHL. They're not talking about streaks. Sure, they're paying attention. I'm sure the 30 game one they're they're paying attention to. But again, this team's focus right now, and you've got to give them credit, is on the here and now. Right now, they're focused on the the Chicago Blackhawks, the next game up. So that's what their focus is. And and you know, again, starts at the top with Rick Bonus, who's maintaining that focus and making sure these guys aren't reading the tea the the tea leaves or if you will legalcurve.com every single morning but again it's it's just a testament to the way other teams are seeing them so they may not want to talk about the way they're being seen but the other teams are are seeing them in in a very significant manner and that's a good thing for this jets club and again that like i said that that to me speaks to the defensive buy in that we've seen from this group so again five nothing winnipeg jets they win they keep the records rolling and the the wagon keeps cruising downhill and uh we'll have more jets are scheduled to it looks like it'll be an optional practice tomorrow so we'll have that covered uh it might be optional for the players we never take the option here at illegalcurve.com so we'll be there we'll get whatever video and audio and keep you folks updated it'll be on the website under the practice report and then of course tomorrow the moose get it back into action they're looking to uh Flip the script and get things going. Rasmus Kupari, his first action since November 14th. So we will uh, have that covered as well. So keep it locked. Al from Cyprus is back. Yes. Well, good good morning, Al. 
if it's morning in Cyprus, that means it's it's bedtime for us. Al, the instant <laughs> replay uh, of the broadcast of the post game show will be available uh, on the YouTube channel as soon as we wrap up here. So we encourage you to check that out. The Jets did win tonight, five nothing over the Columbus Blue Jackets. A dominant effort by the hometown team. They're next in action, which means we are next in action on the post game show on Thursday night following the Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks. Big thanks to all of you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We always appreciate the support. We always appreciate the love that you show us. Always appreciate our sponsors, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Farmery, Tough Duck, Boston Beats, Seagrams, and of course, Rollies Transfer. In case you missed any of the post-game coverage, it's available on IllegalCurve.com. The podcast edition of the show will be available very shortly. It's available, the immediate replay on our YouTube channel as well. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And again, on Saturday mornings is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For my colleagues, Dave Manouk and Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Thursday night, right around 9.30, give or take a couple minutes, we wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.